welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Good. Okay, so we've just discovered that I've been talking for about five, ten minutes and we've not been recording. So just to recap, we're talking about the importance of loving and honouring the people in front of us because they're priceless, valuable gift. And I'm just explaining how um, at this refugee camp um, where I met this guy who um, I just looked to him in the eyes, okay? And it, uh, the, one of the, the leaders came over and just stood with me, Jason, he just stood with me and chatted um, with him for a while and then, and then sort of like eased him away for a bit and then, and then I talked to someone else and then, and then back to this guy and carried on um, talking to him. But, but what this guy said to, to Jason was, she's the first white person to look me in the eye since I arrived in Europe. And all I did was look him in the eye and speak to him. And because of that, he hooked onto that because because he just was starving of love, right? He was starving of compassion and love. And it was so easy just to look at him, okay? And obviously throughout the night, we continued to do that. But other members of the team then did as well. And he wasn't just like, because he was like looking at me all the time. (laughs) <laughs> it's like I need some I just need that that love that compassion and it's really easy to give God's love away and so connecting that with I mean that's just on an everyday basis it doesn't have to be just in prophecy but but connecting that to prophecy the way that you look at someone the way that you prophesy with compassion and love is really key it's really important so, so that's that's number one um, and then two, so we're, we're on do's now. So we do prophesy in love. We do bless and encourage and we never point the finger. Okay. So, so we stick to the encouraging exhortation and comfort. Okay. Um, and then if we get things that, you know, talk about the future and all that, that can come in under those three things. Okay. And like we said, um, I think Alan said this morning, and um, I may have mentioned it already, if you do see something, you discern something in someone that is negative, just turn that into, Father, what do you want to do about this? Because there's a solution and God wants maybe, you know, just to share the solution with them and, and you're prophesying what is God's heart, okay? Um, be willing <laughs> while you're prophesying to put their needs above your own. Um, there will be occasions, potentially, especially on the school or if you're on the prophetic team, where we're going and going and going and going and going and we are physically tired. So, for example, the occasion where we were, pro- we were prophesying for five, six hours on the go, People were lining up and they were coming and going and everything inside of me is saying, I need to stop now, but I can't stop because the person really wants to hear what God wants to say. And it's just that putting their needs in that moment above your own, 
you know, like I really just want to, I want to go and look at that store over there and, and enjoy myself a little bit. But no, actually, I'm going to just lay that down for now and I'm going to focus on the people in front of me. That was number three. So, so put others' bef needs before yourself in that moment, okay? That doesn't mean ignore your own needs. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying make yourself a doormat, not in any way at all, right? I don't. But what I'm saying is there will be occasions when you feel really tired, you don't want to minister anymore, you just want to go home or you want to go to look at the, sh the, the other things that are around, but I want you to focus on the people that you're ministering to, Okay. So, oh, what have I just done? Wow. My writing went really big on the thing then. It was like, phew. <laughs> like, um, okay, so we, we're going to, so that's number one, two, three, four. Number four is we're going to line up what we are saying with the character of God and his word, okay? So we're not going to be a, accusatory because that's satan's job not ours okay god doesn't accuse he draws people to his heart and he forgives and he cleanses and he loves and he cares for okay so we want to line up what we're saying with his character and with his word okay with the bible Another thing that we are going to do as prophetic people is that we are going to, we're going to begin to deal with the, the stuff inside of us that is, needs healing or dealing with. Okay, so we're not going to completely ignore our... Did she just kick you then? Oh, my word. <laughs> no, it's all right. Um, we're going to deal with our own stuff. We're going to be willing to acknowledge our weaknesses and begin to work through that, okay? And along with that, we are going to be people who are going to be willing to be corrected and taught. So we're going to, we're going to have a lifestyle of being correctable and teachable. Yeah? So, so if you know, like... You've, you've just given a prophetic word or you've just said, you know, God's just told me this or whatever. And then someone comes alongside and says, I'm not sure that's true. We're going to have an attitude of, well, let me learn from what this person is saying. Let me work this through and, and, and talk to God about what I've, right, we're not going to say, nope, God told me and, and I'm absolutely right and, and you're wrong. We're not going to have that attitude. We're going to be team players. We're going to be people that are willing to submit to one another okay that's that's just a safe place to be when you're acting and living and walking in the prophetic are you with me i have seen people where they have not been correctable and it's it's difficult you know it's really difficult yeah it, it's hard um Just trying to pastor that. So, so please be nice to those who are trying to pastor and guide you and um, lead you, okay? And that leads me to the next point. Be willing to be accountable. 
so there's some good positive things just uh, you know as we we learn to live and be prophetic people that's what we're going to do and then there's just a few things that we're going to seriously avoid doing and these are my doubts so don't the first one is don't compare yourself with others okay be you there's no point me trying to be Phil Drysdale and trying to 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 be like him because I'm not him I have to be PJ I have to be Paula Jane okay I can't be anyone else and once we once we are comfortable in our own skin we can be confident and just allow God to use us as who we are okay so I want you to you know if you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable with who you are stand at the in front of the mirror and start prophesying over yourself God, how do you see me? And then prophesy the gold that's inside of yourself and start to declare who you are in Christ, okay? Because you have to be comfortable with being yourself so that you prophesy as yourself. And that, that can also transfer over to when you're, if you're teaching or you're praying or whatever it is that you do. You are you and you can't be anyone else and you don't need to be anyone else, okay? And coupled with that, so the next point is be, be comfortable with yourself and don't get jealous of others' giftings. Because mm-hmm. that, that can happen and, and I have to say, put my hand up and say, I've been there, done that. You know, I've, I've watched someone from the front or whatever and and just like really wanted to be that person that's not a good idea or you know like jealousy just really doesn't help and it doesn't look good on anyone so the the thing that i i find really helpful if if feelings of jealousy sort of like do start you know like is to actually switch that around and start praying that the person you're jealous of gets even more anointing and blessing and goodness and goes further in them whatever it is that they're doing okay and that 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 helps me anyway to get over any feelings of jealousy (laughs) and then the next one is kind of contradictory to what i've just said don't be overconfident, right? So I've just told you to, to be confident and now I'm telling you not to be overconfident. What I mean by that is be willing to admit that sometimes you're going to get it wrong. Um, be okay with that. I once heard someone say, it's not the falling down that's the problem, it's the staying down, right? So, so if you make a mistake, it's really okay, but don't stay in that. Don't, like, wallow, don't, don't like, get all miserable and, and sad because you've made a mistake. If you're going to learn from it, learn from it, but move forward, carry on. Don't stop just because you get it wrong or whatever, Okay.
Another don't is don't share words that are intended for intercession. Um, and I've made that mistake where God showed me something and I've shared it. It's gone down like a lead balloon and nobody, you know, it's just gone vroom. Nobody's taken any notice of what I've shared. I went back to God. I'm like, what was that about? Why didn't? And he's like, because you weren't supposed to share it. This was for you to pray into and for you to, yeah. So often, often those are that, you know, when uh, I suppose that will apply more to words that you get before you stood in front of somebody saying, God, what do you want to say to this person? So, so like it might come sort of in your own personal times, you might get a picture for someone or, you know, the church or whatever. Um, it's at that point, it's like, well, God, what do you want me to do with what you've just shown me? Um, I tend to think that if, if you're out on the streets and you're ministering to someone and you ask God a question about them, he's, going, he's not going to give you something that he doesn't want to share in that moment if that makes sense, um, because that he's quite clever, his God, and um, he knows he knows what you know how to work and what to do and what not to do. So, so when I say that, share, don't share words intended for intercession. Usually, they will come not when you're sort of already ministering to that person. I've, I, I don't know if I've kind of explained that all that well, but are you? It does it good. Does it make sense to everybody? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, another don't is don't just say words for words sake and um, be like really wordy. Just give what you get. So, so you know, like you, you don't have to keep sort of set, speaking loads and loads of different words and describing things in detail or whatever if you don't need to. Don't, that, don't waffle, that's a good, don't waffle, that's a good way of putting it. You know, just, just, God, what are you saying? Share what he's saying and then shut up. <laughs> okay, now it might be that you say what you say and then before you shut up, you just say, God, is there anything else? That's a good thing to do. You know, God, is there anything else? And then if something else comes, then say it. Um, but don't make up flowery prophecies if God's just saying this. You don't need all of this with it, if that makes sense. Okay, the next one. Um, it's, a, again, like I said, these, these are guidelines, okay? I'm going to say, don't give dates, mates, or babies, especially when you, you're in the I'm learning stage, okay? Dates, mates, or babies. So you're not going to prophesy specific date. This is going to happen on this specific date, right? Again, this is, this, this is only a guideline because God might give you a date, and so you might say, well, I'm seeing this date and I think this date is significant. Um, so, so how you word it as well is really important. So I'm not saying you're not allowed to give these, but you need to be really cautious. Okay, 
if you start prophesying that someone's going to get married, I, I, I know of someone um, who a guy came over from America, prophesied that she was going to be married by 35 uh, or 30, by 34. So she's going to be 34 when she got married. Her 35th birthday came and went and she went to pieces because it, he got it wrong. Right? Whether he was right and she didn't position herself correctly in order to receive the prophetic word or whatever, but it didn't happen. And it was an incredibly painful time for her. And I was part of the trying to pick up the pieces and helping her get over that. Um, so if you're going to give dates, mates or babies, if you really have to think carefully, is this something that is right? And I'm suggesting you hold back until you are confident in the prophetic. Mm -hmm. oh, sorry, don't give them to your mates. No, don't prophesy marital partners. Mate, yeah, sorry, life mates, life. No, no, yeah. So you say you don't go say, right, I believe that this person here is going to, you're going to marry this person or, or whatever. That's kind of dangerous. That happened to my friend. She was told she was going to be married by the end of. 34 and she wasn't and she went to pieces right it was a very hurtful experience so so as prophetic people and again these are guidelines but we need to be absolutely certain before we prophesy these things because if we are wrong they're painful it can cause a mess Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you've just got to think about the consequences of what you're saying and, and be certain that you're right before you say it, if that makes sense. Um, and if you do feel really strongly about a date or whatever, think carefully about how you word it so it isn't an absolute. So it's like, you know, like God has seen your heart and, you know, um, he's going to, he will bring companions in your life. He will fulfill the desires and, and you know, oh, so you can say it like that rather than you're going to get married. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I think this goes hand in hand with being willing to be accountable. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody leaves his job because of your prophecy and he's got no money, no house, nothing. Exactly. Yeah. So so we we're gonna be we're gonna be sensible about what we say and how we say it. Um again, prophesying someone's gonna get pregnant, that can be very sensitive um and very painful if you're wrong and it's someone that's desperate for children. So so it's I'm I'm asking you to avoid prophesying those things. Okay. Um and if, if in the future you're, you know, you've got a good track record, you've been able to track your prophecies and they become like really, you know, you've got a track record of accuracy, then, then begin to, maybe, but with caution. Is that, is that all right? Yeah. Um, when we're prophesying direction, again, we need to, 
if we we need to be very cautious about how we prophesy direction um, because yeah like like Jonas has just said um, if I prophesy that someone's going to you know quit their job and and do something else the consequences of that are quite serious if I've got it wrong so you might really sense that but you need to think about how you're actually going to word that so you know it might be that you know there is a change coming um god's got new direction um and i feel that directions coming in this area um and there might be a change down the road pray you know and encourage them to seek god and pray about it rather than saying you need to quit your job and move to here does that make sense yeah Okay, another don't, and again, I think this probably um, applies to something that you receive spontaneously, um, and that's don't give a word out of season. So sometimes, out of season, I mean um, at the wrong time. Yeah. So, so God sometimes, especially when, because we're his friends, and we're in relationship with him. Sometimes he shares secrets from his heart. He shares things with the people that he loves. Um, and sometimes he shares things about what's going to happen or whatever. But it's not necessarily for us to share with others at this moment in time. And so if you get a, and a professor would say, for example, um, you're, you're on your way to um, Kingsway on Sunday and God just shows you a prophetic word about Kingsway and the direction that Kingsway's going, rather than on some, you know, just saying it straight away, check first, Holy Spirit, is this for now? And he might say, yes, I want you to go up and give it this week. Or he might say, not yet. And so you, you hold that and you ponder that and you think about it and you pray about it. And then it might be like three months down the line, suddenly God says, you know that word I gave you? Now's the time to give it. And you give it and the people are ready to receive it. So, so it's about timing. And again, I don't, I don't think that necessarily applies to when we're sat in a prophetic tent prophesying over people that are coming because we've asked God, what do you want to say to this person now? And he's going to say what he wants to be said now. So, yep. I want you to be normal and natural, so I don't want you to be too loud, aggressive or, or wild. But having said that, if that is you, then you need to be you, right? So what, what I'm trying to say is I don't want you to frighten the people that you are prophesying over. Okay. Because Andy's, I like it very much if Andy's putting his um, hand on me, but I think if, if you go somewhere having this prophet mm -hmm. or whatever, it should be the default thing. I would say default not. Default not. 
Um, just talking about just appropriateness of touch. That's on my list. Um, <laughs> if we're going within a church setting, it often it's quite normal. You know, people are used to putting their hands out and people laying hands on them, um, and no one gets freaked out or anything. But if you're out in the community um, and then you know they're not church people, then they don't really and you start doing this, they're going to be like, whoa, what are you doing? You're like, hands off. Um, so, so I would say default, hands off. Um, however, a Holy Spirit might prompt you to touch them. And, but if you feel a prompting to maybe take their hands, a couple of times I've, I've, I've really felt strongly to take someone's hand in prof- whilst I'm in the middle of prophesying. But I always get permission first. If, especially if I don't know the person, you know, is it okay if I just, you know, touch you? Or I just feel to hold your hands. Can I just say, you know, like, or whatever. Um, so permission is really important. And just on with that, um, um, we were talking about appropriate touch in terms of where you touch the other day. But I'll say it again for the purpose of the, the recording. Um, think about where you're touching as well. So, you know, shoulders are usually safe um, place. Um, head is usually safe, but some people don't like their hair being touched. So just double check. Um, if there are, if you end up praying for an illness or a sickness, it's always wise, especially you know, like if if it's on the chest or whatever, make sure they've got their hand on first before you put your hand on or knees and that sort of thing. So just be very very sensible we're honoring the people in front of us we don't want to frighten them we don't want them to feel awkward or weird because they're just going to be thinking more about the fact that you've got your hand where they don't really want it rather than actually listening to what God's saying and and receiving from him so we don't want to be a distraction we want we want to honor respect and we want them to have an encounter with Jesus rather than be afraid of us if that makes sense If you're prophesying over each other um, and, you know, like, I, I'm okay with you putting your hands on each other or whatever, if you're comfortable and you're friends and that's different. But if you don't know the people and you're out in the community, hands off, unless God says. Um, you, might, you might feel, I don't know, in Kingsway, hugs just happen all the time and you can't escape being hugged if you come to Kingsway it just doesn't it's just like <laughs> practically impossible you know coming to a whole service and we've you know like and that's great and it's fantastic and hugs are really good just check first with the person is it okay for you know like you say you've prophesied over them and you just really feel like you want to embrace them and, and and just show them God's love it's great to do that but just double check because there might be someone who's been really abused and they might really fear touch and you don't want to frighten them. You want to show them love. So it's just like, I really would like to give you a hug. Is that okay? Most of the time people say yes. I've only ever had a refusal once, actually, where the person said, no, I don't want you to touch me. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Most of the time it's like, oh, yeah, people love it. it you know, they embrace it. Yeah. But just, just check.
So we want to be normal. And we want to be appropriate. Um, and then within that, let me just go through, dress appropriately. And I know we're all dressed appropriately, that's fine. Um, sometimes in the summer, um, you know, we can get a little bit skimpy if we're not careful or our shorts might be a bit short or whatever. What you don't want is what you're wearing to be a stumbling block for the people that you're ministering to. So especially if you're going to a church that's maybe slightly more traditional, think carefully about what how you're dressed. Um, yeah. It's it's simple, but you you know that you don't want them to be thinking more about what you look like than you know what you're actually saying. When we first you came to Shugetli Road, we passed a, uh, a house. Inside the house was a guy like 50 years old that he was hovering. Mm -hmm. hovering we were wearing up. nothing but a thong. Yeah. <laughs> oh my word. That is a definite no. <laughs> oh my word. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Was it, who's it? Who was it who, who prophesied naked? Was it Haggai? <laughs> no, in the Bible. There's a, I can't remember who it was. I think it was one of the prophets and, and he actually prophesied naked on purpose as a prophetic act. You've got to be absolutely 100%, 110% certain that <laughs> that is what God's saying. <laughs> I've uh, not seen it in Kingsway, fortunately. Um, so, yep. Um, and just in with, you know, with clothing and a present, being presented, okay, think about how you smell. Um, you know, make sure you've got a bit of deodorant in your, in your bag. If you've been going for five hours in a prophetic tent, you can feel a bit, so just to have it every sort of hour or so, you know, like it's not a big deal, but yeah. And, and, Think about what your breath smells like. Coffee stinks for someone who doesn't like coffee, right? And garlic's not a good idea either, you know, like, or tea even. You know, like, someone's just had a really strong tea and I'm not a tea drinker, so I don't, uh, and, and, you know, they get too close. I'm like, Phew. So carry some mints or just don't drink tea or coffee or have garlic. But if you do, carry some mints. Okay. Don't smoke in the prophetic tent. Absolutely. <laughs> no smoking. No smoking. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then there's just a few more. Um, one of the one of the serious don'ts, I guess, is don't use prophecy to control and manipulate and get what you want. I've seen it done and it doesn't look good. It's it's not it's not right. Um, don't don't do it. <laughs> if you find yourself wanting to prophesy because you want something to happen, keep your mouth shut and just talk to God and and and, and don't do it. Okay, because well, it it, it it doesn't look good and and it can cause serious damage and problems and it's not helpful and you're here to partner with God not partner with the enemy 
I will say no more. On that, just don't do it. Um, and then another one is don't let pride in. I'm telling you, be confident and know who you are. But don't go around saying, I'm really prophetic. I know what I can hear God. You're like, don't allow your gift in to puff you up and get proudful. Um, one of, the, one of the, the definitions that I like about the word humble, um, it's, it's recognizing who you are and who you're not and, and, and being who you are, being yourself, not above or below. Now, sometimes when we do begin to recognize who you are, who we are, some people around us can perceive that as pride because we become confident and we become, you know, like, I know who I am, I, I know what my gifts are and I'm using them and I'm going to use them. That's fine. That's okay. Just keep your own heart humble and just know who you are and where your gifts come from. And don't elevate yourself above who you really are. But don't push yourself under who you really are either because pride can also be the flip. You know, where people go around, you know, I'm just so humble and, and the woe is me. And, 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 I, and when people do that, that's also a sense of pride as well. You know, they, they, they talk about themselves being a humble Christian. I mean, the fact if you've got to tell people that you're humble, you're probably not. Um, if that makes sense, you know, like, you, but just, you just know your heart. And if you feel proudful, just talk to God about it. And do the whole New Testament repenting, the metanoia. It's like, you know what, God, I just thank you for the gifts that you've given me. I thank you for who I am and what I am. Just help me to be who I am, um, not what I'm not. And along with that, don't get your self-worth from prophesying. I've seen that done as well, where people have used prophecy to to build themselves up and, and get their worth. Your value and your worth comes from who you are and how much God values you, values you and loves you. And that needs to be your, your focus. I know who I am because of who God has made me. I don't get my value through what I do. And and it's <laughs> it's a very fine line sometimes because recognition is good, knowing who you are is good, and and using your gifts and talents. I mean the the the, the parable of the talents in the Bible. You know that where Jesus told the story of the the man who gives one talent to one servant, five talents to another, and ten to another. And then he goes away and when he gets back, he's expected them to use the talents and to grow what they've got. 
And, and so God expects us to use what we've got and to, and to grow, grow in that and, and to be confident in that, okay? So, so it's good to step up and step out and be who you created to be because the guy who didn't and who was the humble one and hid the talent, in, you know, the, the false humility that I think is, isn't it? He sort of hid it. He didn't practice it. He didn't step out in it. He didn't grow it. The servant, the, the master came along and was quite cross with him. It's like, why didn't you at least, like, invest it somewhere, you know, like, where he was pleased with the other two because they, they grew and they expanded um, who they, whatever. So, so I, I think Jesus was talking about, um, I mean, often his, his parables have different meanings, but I, think, I really believe one of the meanings is, it's like, you know what? This is who God has created you to be. Don't hide it. Don't hide yourself away. Rise and shine. As it says in Isaiah, Isaiah 60, I think it is, arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is on you. So, so I, I want you to arise and shine. I don't want any false humility, but I don't want any puffed up prideness either. And, and sometimes it's a fine line. And I think the key to all of that is just spending time with Jesus and letting him just be with you. And, and if you do find yourself feeling a bit prideful, just talk to him about it. Deal with it straight away. Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www dot idestiny dot org dot uk